back to the short game, a show about short video games, games that respect your time. I'm one of your hosts, Reagan Kelly, and I'm joined by all of my awesome co-hosts this week, starting uh, with... I was, I was like, who did I do la- first last time? And then I was like, does it matter? Okay. It um, doesn't. <laughs> starting with Laura J. Nash. How are you doing, Laura? I'm doing great. I like you starting using the J now. Oh, yeah. It. Yeah, you know, I just thought I'd class up the podcast a little bit. Hey, middle initials... J. Reagan Kelly. Be sure to give all of my initials. Right? All right. Uh, Nate uh, Hawthorne Heininger. <laughs> How are you doing, Nate? Oh, man. Uh, upset with my actual middle name. Uh, you can call me Hawthorne Heininger, though, if you'd like. Uh, and my bro host, DSSK Shane Kelly. How are you doing, Shane? Pretty good. Pretty good. You remembered all my initials? I, my, I, my many initials, so that's good. Uh, and this week we are talking about Limelight, uh, a game by Zorro the Dog, which is the one-man development studio of Brett Taylor, uh, a indie game developer. Limelight is a sort of puzzle game, um, and it was recommended to us by a listener. So I guess before we dig in, thanks to a uh, friend of the show, Corey Menke, for recommending this to us via Twitter. Thanks, Corey. Yeah, um, he reached out to us with the recommendation and looked up, looked super tight, and we jumped right on it and played it, and it was uh, really enjoyed this game. So, um, you know, if you're out there listening and you recently played a game that uh, you think would be great for the show, let us know, because um, we're always looking for new games. And this is a very recent release, I believe, right? Uh, Just came out. Yep. Came out in January. I don't know exactly when in January, but pr- oh, uh, here's a th- January 31st, 2017. So pretty recent. Yeah, I will say this is a game that I would almost certainly have missed uh, if it weren't for this recommendation. And um, not in the least because it is almost impossible to Google because Google will automatically assume that you mean limelight every time and it will correct your search for you. So you know that's uh, that's kind of a bummer for this dev. <laughs> yeah. So if you're if you're mishearing us, which you might easily be doing, this is line light linear. Think lines, and it's a, uh, lights, it's a <laughs> which are the two things in this game. Yeah, I was gonna say it's very literal name <laughs> lines is. and lights. So it's a uh, it's a puzzle game. Um, although I uh, I think of it a little bit more like um, it's sort of just a. Uh, sort of actiony experience. Um, I think the game that I would compare it most to, just in terms of how I experienced it, uh, was one that we've done on the show already, and that was Expand. Uh, if you remember our episode on Expand, and if you didn't, you should definitely check out that game. It was one of my favorites of last year, and really an amazing uh, sort of puzzle action experience. And this is a similar sort of thing. It's a kind of a puzzle action game with very minimalist graphics. And we'll talk about what it looks like and everything. It is pretty gorgeous, despite being extremely minimal. Um, and the gameplay is just really, really slimmed down and specific. You know, you're playing as a line, a little dash, uh, that is gliding along these sort of line tracks in this sort of dark space. And um, all of the gameplay happens on these lines. And occasionally the lines bend and turn and intersect with each other. And uh, But all of the gameplay is just you moving your line along these tracks. Yeah. And my first thought within like 15 minutes of playing this game is just 
how smooth it is. Everything, like glide is the best word for it. Everything just feels so good. The 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 lines, uh, it's all just done on the D-pad. There is some uh, 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 like shift and space and things like that if you're playing on keyboard, um, you know, on mouse and uh, on your computer. Um, but for the most part, the vast majority of the action is just using up, down, left, and right. And it just feels great. It's as if um, someone mentioned that they say this is a platformer with no walls, <laughs> and where you, or you can only move along the walls, and that's a very interesting way. Like, it's as if someone did a completely 2D puzzle where you're moving around. Um, there's a lot of the things you'd find in a platformer, like switches and doors and enemies kind of chasing you, but everything literally are lines and boxes. It's very, very simple, very very paired back. Uh, the color scheme is really straightforward. It's not like there's there's never more information than you need to solve the puzzle. Mm-hmm. It's extremely stripped down. Yeah, it reminded me in some ways, stylistically, of like very early video games. Um, you know, it, it takes some of its design clues from that, like, you know, the style of key that you would have seen in Adventure on the Atari. Like that level of simplicity is the kind of design sense of this game. But on top of that, it just, you know, with with just that, it would be kind of boring to look at, but it has lighting effects and, uh, you know, kind of color that blends and so on that makes it visually a very, very beautiful game, despite all the simplicity, or really partially because of it, but I would actually maybe say despite it, because... It is about as stripped down as a game could possibly be visually. And I found it really interesting that um, we're saying action and platformer, but it also can feel very meditative at times because the music uh, can be pretty chill. And the pace at which you're running around, you think this kind of... um, him trail, I guess. <laughs> you're laughing, but that's exactly what it, it is. is. It is. <laughs> it Go is. ahead. Sorry. Kim trails, <laughs> like what the government uses to control our minds. We're all familiar with chemtrails. Line lights can't melt steel beams, Laura. That's... Beautiful light fumes trailing behind you, like the prettiest fart in the world. There. Mind controlling game. light farts. Yes. It, it, it really is a major part of this game is the overall aesthetic. Uh, it, gameplay is very simple, though. It gets, it, it, like any good puzzle game, it, it escalates and escalates and escalates as you get further into it. But um, right out of the box, your first thought will probably be about how beautiful this game is. And that's saying something for, again, a game that is about moving lines on predefined lines. Yeah. Everything is about lines moving on lines. Um, but they, they did just such a good job of... Um, a lot of almost like characterization kind of comes into it later about the lines. Uh, one of the things that the, one game that this game kind of reminded me of uh, was Thomas was alone, um, which is a very beautiful game, but only is like boxes. Um, no British narrator in this game, but um, similar sort of uh, yeah, uh, similar sort of tone and music and um, you know. A game about boxes that is beautiful and far deeper than you would expect, um, similar to Line Light. And it's not as blocky or thick as Mini Metro. 
which looks almost playful and colorful like a subway map. This is if a subway map was all one pixel, <laughs> two pixels, three pixels. Very, very pared back. Visually, it's cool, but I also really think it's a it's a good example of like really simplified gameplay and puzzle design. So every uh, you you are on a single line, but that line is constantly blocked by different little obstacles. And those obstacles are sort of little puzzles. Um, so the game is divided up into worlds. There are six worlds plus some extra stuff that's like an epilogue. But each world has, I think I read in a blog post, the, de- the developer has a, uh, a, a dev blog. I think I read somewhere that it has somewhere, somewhat over 200 puzzles in it or 200 like stages. 252, or... I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. And um, so each of these uh, worlds has probably somewhere around uh, 40 or 50 uh, puzzles in it. And some of them are a real breeze. You know, you realize, okay, I need to go over here, flip this switch, that'll open a door, and then I need to backtrack and go through the door. No problem. Um, But things get progressively more complicated. Um, Never to the point where I felt really frustrated. This is a puzzle game that was always a joy to play. And for me, that's really saying something because I I get frustrated very easily by puzzle games. Um, Oh, yeah, we spent like a whole episode... uh, Yeah, totally dragging you about about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, so... If, if you're worried about the barrier to entry uh, as far as puzzle games, yeah, this is there. And it's it's the satisfying type of puzzle where it's like, you know, it's like, okay, how do I do this is step one. And then step two is actually executing it um, because there is some timing. And like uh, Laura was saying, like the platform element, um, platformer element, that's when it felt the most platformer to me is be like there's a switch on one line. Um, that I have to hit, and then I have to go and dodge, you know, three red lines that all kill me if I hit them, and I have to get through that and get through the gate before, like, the switch gets turned back off. Um, very much like a, a platformer, um, not even necessarily a puzzle, per se, um, just like a something you have to execute. Yeah, but for a game that is basically a big line full of locked doors, it never really felt like it lost its forward momentum you know it was always like you're always moving from one thing to the next one puzzle to the next um and each little puzzle was a little aha that came not easily but without feeling without ever making you feel really stuck uh, or at least it didn't for me and once you move past it you're on to the next one and it's constantly revealing new ideas to you as you go mm-hmm. when we've talked about puzzle games in the past like our most recent puzzle game the room um, I've said that like the thing that I love in puzzle games is those aha moments that you just mentioned. And the thing that I hate in puzzle games is when I can see a solution, but then I have to spend a long time and, and a lot of mental effort to reach that solution. Or just mainly, I have to wait to get to a solution once I know all the steps that will take me there. And this is a game where that was kept really minimal and i just just like everything else that the once you had a solution to one of the puzzles you were mostly able to kind of get there without too much messing around and flipping of tiny switches and things and i i, I did see it starting to build more and more of those lengthy um kind of piece by piece solutions as i went on like there was an elevator puzzle it's weird to say elevator it was a line puzzle with <laughs> the character of an elevator there's no puzzle. up or down in this game really and <laughs> it um and i started to see it but that was around where i stopped being able to 
play the game just because I, I ran out of out of damn time. I apologize, guys. But did it continue to do that? Did it continue to grow in the complexity of the puzzles such that you think I probably would not like it by my standard of does not like to solve puzzles he's already figured out? Not really. Um, for me, so I I got all the way to, I, I, I basically 100%ed this game. I didn't play, there's some post-game content that I haven't played yet. And there is one of the stars that is <laughs> in there taunting me that I have not gotten from the main collection. Oh, uh, we'll have to look at it. Yeah, you, you, you need to take a look and see if you can help me solve it. Um, but overall, I, I pretty well 100%ed this game. Uh, and... I can only think of maybe five or six puzzles that had a kind of a, a barrier of like, I know what I need to do and I'm having a hard time doing it. Two or three of them, it was just a matter of execution. And that was where it really did. I think actually comparing it to a platformer is weird, but really apt in some of those cases. Cause it is just sort of like, I need to get from point A to point B. I need to avoid obstacles and just the physicality of doing that. The, the biggest comparison to a platformer to me is that you have a character in yeah. the form of this tiny white line. Like, if this were a, a, a game about like selecting things all all around a screen of objects and sliding them around, that's one thing. It's not bejeweled, you know. It's it's a it's a movement. There's a puzzle. protagonist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I also like the the narrative I started coming up with on levels. I I also didn't complete, but I when I was playing, the beginning of levels kind of introduce some antagonistic lines. Oh yeah, especially the first two for example, have red and orange lines, and those two things will kill you if they touch you. And you're kind of battling them for a while. And then after a certain point in the level, they become your friends, and they start <laughs> helping you solve puzzles. Um, and I love that they changed it. Like, I love that about it. You still can't touch yeah. them. They'll kill you, but they're going to help you. That's my... It's probably one of my favorite parts of this game, if not my actual favorite part of the game. And, and so there's, there's no dialogue at all in this game. The only uh, text that there ever will be is uh, like a space bar appearing on the screen to indicate that you should press space now to teach you a mechanic. Um, but you become, yeah, like a team with these lines that were uh, once what killed you. And the game goes to great lengths. The end of each world um, actually becomes almost like an automated show you're mostly just holding left or right or up to move your line along the line as the other line goes and hits all the switches for you uh opens all the doors and this game it's the only puzzle game like this i've ever seen that goes to great lengths to just put something pretty on the screen it's like the end of Journey when you're just racing. It's very much like the end of Journey. Oh, it's so it's so like that. Yeah, what's really strange about it is like I, I look look back at Thomas was alone and I thought, man, what an amazing idea to use dialogue to to put character and and uh, and emotional content into these rectangles, right? And I was like, mm -hmm. wow, ca only taking this rectangle and saying this is uh emily or you know whatever any of their names were which are kind of escaping me now but like giving them names and, and giving them characters made them come alive for me and i thought you can never do that without the dialogue but somehow this manages to take these like colored lines that move in incredibly programmatic predictable ways and somehow and they move along tracks for god's sake and somehow make them characters yeah in a kind of a little internal you obviously you're kind of inventing it yourself as you go but you can't not do that it's really designed to make to take these lines that start the game as obstacles 
and slowly over the course of these puzzles, turn them from obstacles into tools that you're using to solve these puzzles and slowly somehow into friends, into little like line mm -hmm. buddies. Well, you know what I would compare it to in that way? Like in that, like it's something that's not characterized, but you, you're definitely getting a sense of emotion and character from it is it's like music, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I would say just like how you know, in Peter and the Wolf, you know, this is the, you know, and that's the, this is that's, the best I don't appreciate <laughs> classical music that well, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, and yeah. um, so this game, this game is kind of doing the same thing. And it actually brings me back to the, the music itself of the game, which I know we've already brought up, but I think we can't, we can't not talk about it when we're talking about the sort of characterization of this game. Like it has this soft kind of building, uh, then and then triumphant score mm -hmm. that has that really just enhances the feeling of like you know you're you're moving and you have a build to everything. Yeah, there's really awesome moments too where it's you and like four or five of the other lines and there's like a helix of the tracks going on the screen and you're just holding up and it's timed perfectly where you're all zigzagging around each other and if you happen to be if you stop holding up you might slow down and accidentally hit one of them and get killed by it. But if you are right there with the team, everything, everybody's swirling together. It's beautiful. The The music is triumphant. And you're like, these are just lines. But yeah. like, this is like, I, I, it's so silly, but like, there's like emotional moments for me in this game, all from these like pre-scripted moments where I'm just pressing over and it's, syncing up perfectly the amount of work that this guy must have done to make the timing of all of this so smooth because again this game is smooth everything is just and don't and don't forget like the lines move in time with the music like yeah. the red lines yeah the red line start off pulse with. with the music the other ones have their own particular ways of moving and that's what's so interesting about it is that like every time you encounter a new colored line they they do they, they behave in entirely new ways and you kind of have to figure out how to use them together to solve puzzles. It's, it's all very interesting. Yeah. yeah. It, they all, they all play perfectly off of the music and the soundtrack is like, apparently, apparently Brett Taylor, the, the developer also did the music. I think I haven't been able to find any. Music I, I believe he's very so. talented. He's extremely um, talented. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a true complete package. Um, I, I, there's nothing on this game that I was like, oh, man, that could have been better or it was missing this. Like, I was joking that, hey, could have used a British narrator because, I mean, what game doesn't need a, a British narrator? But um, it it's really just so smooth and streamlined. And, and one thing, too, I wanted to say, um, Reagan, when you were talking about the stars, um, basically alluded to it. And I think it's it's nice is that. Uh, the vast majority of the puzzles all exist on one screen. Mm -hmm. um, so that it's that nice thing where you know, okay, every tool I need to solve this puzzle is in front of me. There's not going to be anything that's like hidden or mysterious or whatever. It's just like figuring it out and executing it. And then on top of that, most of them, I'd say at least a half, if not 75% of them are actually skippable. Um, yeah. You could just ride right past it. Now, I also, um, you know, completed this. I did get every single yellow star. Um, so I'm wondering which one uh, you skipped on. Um, but if you do get stuck, uh, this game is not about getting about being stuck. You can tell that the developer was like, 
I don't want anyone ramming their head against the wall on anything. Like, if you're having a problem, just skip it. The game will keep going, and it, it, it'll be smooth. You should and it does make it easy playing. to go back if you want to uh, to retry those. Like, it'll mark them on the map so you can see that evil yellow star staring out at you, <laughs> taunting you for skipping it. But uh, well, You can tell that this dev is kind of obsessed with this game to the point that he just released it, and he's already working on a new game board. Like call a mode called the lava board, where like a chessboard of death blinks in the background while you're playing. I somehow missed this. What, what does that even this? look like? I'm trying to even <laughs> picture that. He he announced it on Steam, but like the fact that he just released it and is already doing a new game board. That's oh yeah. Great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's important to support your games as they go on. I, I, I mean, I think you're absolutely right when you say this game is a complete package. I, I, I can't. What, what is this? I, I know we usually some talk about this at the end of the show, but like, what is the, what's the price on this game again? Nine ninety nine. Yeah, ten bucks. Yeah. Which is which is great. That's a that's a yeah. That's a really good. That's a really good deal on a game like this. Um, that is, feels this complete and this fleshed out. And it's on Mac, PC, and yeah. uh, PS4, right? Yeah. So you've got. All sorts of options. I totally rec- I played it on PS4. I totally recommend it on PS4 because it's really well designed for a gamepad. I would have had a harder time, I think, with some of the levels without the sort of analog input of the of the DualShock Four. Um, I know you can play it on a you know keyboard, but being able to adjust the speed that your line goes at, um, I think that really helps. So either I would recommend playing it on a PC with a gamepad or on the PS4. Yeah, and I played it with a keyboard, uh, so I bet it would have been nice <laughs> with a controller. Maybe I should have tried that level with a keyboard then. <laughs> just to make sure, you know, we're getting both sides. Like, you played it on a PS4 controller and thought it was super smooth. I played it on a keyboard and thought it was super smooth. I think this game is just super smooth. Yeah. You'll probably have a good experience either way. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um I, I did have one thing that I wanted to ask you guys about, and that's about the the graphics. This might not even be a PS4 thing. This might be a, like, Shane's TV thing. But did you <laughs> see a lot of banding, or did you see on the color? Because there was a lot of color gradients. Or mm. did it all look super smooth and buttery to you? I'd say buttery. I didn't notice. Hmm. I only okay. noticed banding on the initial load screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't in the actual gameplay, but I did see some banding in the gradients on the the load screen. But... I not it didn't impact the way I played the game. I bet I bet it's some setting on my TV that I could go and screw with. You know, but, I had a, uh, I had a similar kind of thing though. Um, I don't know if it's it. it I think that uh, Laura and Nate both played on Max, uh, and they both have you know beautiful uh, high resolution screens. And I I think Shane, you and I were both playing on 1080p. Um, you know, mediocre consumer televisions. Mine is a particularly dismal television that I'm hoping to replace soon. So yeah, it, mm. it may very well be an issue with uh, like running it at lower resolutions or on, on uh, you know, crappier displays. It didn't really impact the experience for me though, but I, I know what you mean. It looked, it looks better in it, subtly better in like some uh, of the trailers I've seen than it does on my TV it, at certain points. A lot of the time it looks absolutely gorgeous regardless, but I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think we're uh, we're probably splitting hairs here. It was it was definitely bla- uh, definitely a beautiful game, and I think that's reasonable to bring up too. I mean, uh, a lot of people play on a lot of different types of screens. Most people who are probably playing on their PS4 are not playing on like a crazy new TV. So. Yeah, it, and it didn't wreck it for me at all. I mean, it's if you're used to looking at light gradients on your display, you'll know what this is going to look like. Um, but yeah, if you if you have a uh, 
Uh, if you have a crappy screen, uh, maybe try to play this on the nice one that you don't play on. I don't know. <laughs> I'd like to play it on that new TV that you just got, Reagan. Wouldn't that be something? Oh. Did you guys hear about Reagan's crazy television purchase that he just made? No. No, it's Reagan, not, it's tell not, him, it's tell not technically that. a TV and it's not really uh, germane oh, to Oh, it's not technically discussion. a TV. I know, I know. No, it's a, uh, it's a, a PVM. It's a, um, a broadcast video monitor um for playing retro games on it's a very <laughs> very nice uh old uh crt so no it'd be terrible for line light shane um because yes. it's HDMI, <laughs> i just wanted to or anything like that, that cool. but oh boy does the snes look nice on it um thank you for for bragging on my behalf shane thank you uh, do you plug in one of your insane mechanical keyboards to it and the whole thing just like <laughs> Is the loudest piece of equipment in the neighborhood. Yes, and I uh, play it all while riding on my penny farthing bicycle and wearing, <laughs> wearing my monocle, and oh, it's, it's really wonderful. Uh, to go back to Limelight, <laughs> yes, <I'd>, God. <laughs> to some of this game, I think that it's clever but not frustrating, mm-hmm. and it is relaxing, but it's not. Uh, so chill that I want to go to sleep afterward. It's kind mm-hmm. of, it's got this nice soothing, um, comforting feeling without being boring at any point. Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. It's, it's chill but engaging, which is a really, really yeah. difficult l- line to walk. He said, mm-hmm. not intending to make a pun <laughs> or whatever. It's, it's well, a guys, very, that is exactly yeah. why I think I will, I will finish this game, like, even though I know I haven't in this case. This you is definitely which is, should because the, the ending I, I, is phenomenal. So, I know we usually do, uh, 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 we don't usually talk about endings until after, and I might, might I, I think I, I'm ready to hear this one. I'm not worried about it. Uh, you guys have said this game gets better as it goes along. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I don't like it when I hear that about a game, because to me, that means, like, shouldn't a game front load all its best bits? Shouldn't a game put its best foot face forward and have like the best first 10 minutes of any game, right? Yes, and I agree. And I I definitely feel the need to clarify that when we say, or at least when I say it gets better as the game goes along, it's definitely not to shortchange the beginning. It becomes a different experience near the end. Um, A world six. So is it a thing where it's building and layering in different mechanics? Yeah, more or less. Or is it something where there's just whole new like they blow the lid off of it no it's it's world six is essentially like all of the mechanics that you've learned in worlds one through five combined to create um some really really interesting puzzles and world six i would argue is more difficult than worlds one through five combined but it is still a chill game the difficulty is not something um that is insane but it is it is noticeably more challenging but i think in a good way i I think it it's when i was like when i'm solving these things it was the most satisfying the first half of the game is buttery smooth and you're really and it's just so fun and then world six is like all right now i gotta you know put on my thinking cap and i gotta actually work these things out yeah like any good final chapter of a game it's sort of a final exam on the whole Mm -hmm. beginning part of the game and it it remind it brings back almost everything that you've seen earlier and sometimes combines them in interesting new ways and then after you've completed world six there's a a a good kind of wind down with a nice epilogue uh which i don't think we need to worry about spoilers exactly but I, i won't i won't 
describe it for you. I'll let it have its effect on you when you play it. But it it it, it has a really really nice sort of winding down to it. Yeah. That I thought managed to kind of tie up the sort of emotional uh, aspect of the game in a way that really worked. And it's it's weird to it's weird to say that sort of that, that a game has like this has like an emotional climax or what have you, but it, it kind does. of does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I, I said this earlier, like the, the epilogue, I was like, it made me want to cry and it's so silly because it's these lying <laughs> games. I know <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, it's crazy. I, I'm probably overstating that a little bit, but like, yeah, we may be it overselling a, it, but it's, it's, well it done. is a, it is an emotional ending to a game that is about lines. So um, great, yeah, <laughs> amazing. So simple game, simple episode. I don't think there's a whole lot else uh, to talk about. Um, we were originally... Simple minds to enjoy it. Uh, thanks, Shane. <laughs> we, we were planning on... Uh, initially, we were planning on covering this as a sort of a three-pack with two other very uh, similarly minimalistic uh, puzzle or action games. Um, and it, we ended up liking Limelight so much that we wanted to make it its own uh, episode all on its own. Um, but I do want to mention the other two that we were talking about just because they are very likely something we'll be covering on the show eventually. And you may be interested in checking them out while they're, you know, while they're fresh. And the other two games that I we did were... really like the, the idea of the, uh, of the three pack though. We could do that some other time. <laughs> we did that with the duck games. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah games about birds. How is, how is games about birds are only three. pack. Yeah. <laughs> Successfully. Yeah. Well, the other two games that we, uh, we talked about doing, uh, were one is fly wrench, which it just came out. It's on the PS4. I think it's probably also on Steam. Steam, although I'm not sure. And it's a action game by Mezhoff, uh, the same folks that made uh, Nidhogg. Um, and more so than Nidhogg 2, it looks like Nidhogg. It has the same sort of very interesting visual style that Nidhogg had with the kind of crazy colors, but it's more of a uh, 2D single player action puzzle kind of thing, or really more like an action thing. I would kind of compare it a little bit to um, Flappy Bird meets uh, Super Meat Boy. Yeah, it's Flappy Bird meets Moonlander, I would say. <laughs> uh, I could see that, but I was thinking more like Super Meat Boy because of the incredibly short, fast responses and short levels that you have to play through yeah. very quickly. So very cool game if you want to check that out. And the other game that we almost covered in this episode and maybe very likely will cover in its own episode a little bit down the road was Soft Body. Soft Body is a meditative... 2D, very kind of um, uh, relaxing uh, puzzle action game that kind of combines puzzle solving with bullet hell. It's not a shooter. It's a bullet avoiding thing. And uh, you're completing puzzles while trying not to get shot by very beautiful, very mellow bullets. <laughs> so when you do get shot, it's a, it's still kind of it's nice. It's still fine. Like a gentle rain. Then you start over. <laughs> and you're controlling fuzzy snakes. Uh, very, very fuzzy, wiggly, wormy snakes. And uh, you control two of them at once uh, with two analog sticks. So it's a really neat game. And we really are enjoying it, but it's probably something we'll cover in more depth on another episode so that this doesn't become a uh, three-hour-long episode covering all three of those games. Just your tone uh, while describing yeah. that game has me just so 
interested in (laughs) (laughs) and in this game the little glowy lines were so nice and snaky themselves it's almost (laughs) as though i'm turning into some sort of snake it's it's very hard not to kind of take on that uh that perspective on soft body uh the developer's description of it is paint the world with your soft body as you glide through uh, bullet heaven it 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 has that kind of vibe um but it's another game with beautiful minimalist graphics and an incredible soundtrack and a kind of a mellow puzzle solving experience so if you want more of this but in a very kind of different style uh, it's another game to check out and hopefully we'll cover it in more depth on in a future episode yeah definitely and uh, so i could not play this game without thinking of another game that I'm currently deep into. And I've not really talked about it on this show because it is a long game, but it is a line puzzle. (laughs) And, um, and that game is the witness. Uh, I know this is on a lot of, you know, top game of the year lists from last year and things like that. Um, But I'm still, I'm still working my way through it. I am insane about this game. I have not really committed to it because, uh, you know, we play so many short games and I'm, I try to avoid getting into big long games. I know we're not going to be able to talk about for the show, but oh my God, the witness is so great. It's amazing. (laughs) I'm really surprised how, how into it you've gotten because when I first saw the like trailers and everything for the witness, my first thought was that is definitely not for me um but (laughs) but the more that you've talked it up the more you've worn me down and today it was the day that i actually bought it it's on sale right now so and it was part of the uh that really excellent humble freedom bundle as well so if you pick that up you've got it which is it was a good deal um but yeah you finally convinced me to give it a shot shane i will not guarantee you that i will get very far in it because it just doesn't seem like it's for me but Gosh, if you well, haven't don't, convinced me. Don't let anybody, uh, don't go online and read about it or anything. I I have gotten almost to the end, as far as I can tell, uh, without looking up any of the solutions to any of the puzzles. And I've just really been enjoying playing it uh, with Julia, my wife, uh, and just, well, I, mean, I don't know why I'm explaining who my wife is to you. I mean, <laughs> I'm saying that for the benefit of the listeners. I'm really enjoying playing it with julia and we can sit and talk our way through these puzzles in a lot of cases and uh it's a it's a it's just a a a game where i'm loving not only the game itself but the visuals of the world and the sort of a philosophical element to it that becomes clear that i just am absolutely loving every piece of this game Hmm. wild uh laura and i have been talking about maybe breaking from podcast tradition and doing an episode on longer puzzle games. Uh, this end, another one that Laura and I have been uh, working our way through Hadean lands. So uh, we've mentioned that on the show here before. So maybe, uh, maybe you'll hear Shane tell us more about um, the witness soon. Once we've had a chance to, talk about it some more if that's something you're interested in hearing about let us know if you're really not interested in hearing about the witness also let <laughs> us know that i know that that every podcast did you know a good hour on the witness in the middle of last year and we're very late to that party if that's something you're like ah you know no then let us know that too we want to hear from you when you have yeah, these no, thoughts I, about I have our a lot of opinions here. on puzzle games and i uh, I would love to share them with all of you, but uh, <laughs> if you are just going to skip it, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, let us know. So, um, and speaking of, uh, 
get in touch with us. Our show is on the web at www.theshortgame.net, where you'll find our contact form, and that's a great way to let us know what you're thinking. Uh, you can also write us on email if you're still a person who does email at info at the My favorite social network. Net. It's the best one. <laughs> um, and you can find us on Twitter at underscore short game. Uh, yeah, and on top of all those, um, I can't promise uh, too much content through this, but uh, I did set up our first uh, Twitch stream. I was actually streaming some Lion Light for a little while. It's mostly going to be um, an FTL stream, probably, um, but uh, you can follow us on Twitch at the short, it's not at, it's twitch.tv slash the short game stream. Um, I'll be doing some games on there. I don't know if any of the other uh, co-hosts will be doing games, but um, we're just kind of getting into that. Some of the games are perfect for it. I will say I will only be streaming games that I think that I'm good at. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> when, not... uh, when Reagan sends me that uh, copy of Resident Evil 7, maybe I'll stream some uh, yeah. Resident Ooh, Evil yeah. 7 VR. Yeah, and, I mean, um, I, and I haven't talked that, talked about that on the show at all yet, but God, I really want to do an episode on Resident Evil 7. It It's great, and I think it's it's perfect for the short game audience. It's short, but it is it is the game that made me like horror games again. I've, I'm have i on record as being too big of a wuss to, to really enjoy horror games. Um, on record. And you know it's February, <laughs> the season of love, and the time in which the short game blows all of their horror games and has nothing to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Tradition. So... So if uh, if you want to see uh, me or any of our hosts stream a certain game, let us know. We at least have it set up now. Um, uh, you will not see me spend an hour on one level of Pony Island, um, but once I get comfortable <laughs> with the game, I will throw it up on the stream if I'm playing. Um, may or may not have audio commentary at all times, but at least we'll have the game going. Um, so yeah, it's just something new we're trying out. If you If you like that and want more of that, Please let me know. Um, I'm generally happy to at least make my screen online. And uh, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game. I have been one of your hosts. I'm Reagan Kelly. You can find me on Twitter at Reagan K. That's R-A-Y-G-A-N-K. Laura Nash, where can people find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Laura J. Nash. And Nate Heininger, where can people find you? At Nate STL. And Shane Mabrohost, where can people find you? I'm at 8BitShane. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of The Short Game.